Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. So what we're talking about, if you're new here and this is new to you, we're talking about our core values. If you go out right here in the hallway, you'll see them on the wall there. Um, and um, passion for God. Everybody say passion for God. Somebody say love people. Pursue excellence. Equip leaders. And focus on legacy. Okay, so today we're going to just talk about a couple of those. We're going to talk about pursue excellence and equip leaders today in the message uh, this morning, and if you want to follow along, the notes and the scriptures and all that are in the app under sermons, and you can uh, also um, um, take notes. There's a fill in the blank this time under each point, so you don't know the full point till I share it with you, um, but it's there if you want to follow, um, or if when you listen to the podcast, the notes will be there um, until uh, for the rest of this week, and then we'll change them next before next Sunday, and so... Um, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and we're going to kind of just jump right into the Word this morning. Um, it's so good to see everybody here and in the house of God, and it's awesome to be a part of what God is doing here in, um, in Los Angeles. Anybody excited to be at a church right here in Boyle Heights? Amen? And so uh, we, love, we love this city, and we love people. That's one of the core values we talked about last week. Is that right? Did we talk about that last week? Refresh my memory. Father's Day. That's right. We talked about dads. We talked about dads rising up. Right? Yes, we did. Um, but the week before, we talked about love people. And so we really mean that. That's why we are here, to love people and to express our passion for God, but to love people. Um, if we do those two things right, we're gonna, God's going to do some great things among us. Um, the Bible says that those are the two most important commandments. The Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. There's nothing more important than that. And maybe sometimes we just need to simplify our life. Can I get an amen out there? And ask the question, wait a second, let me see. Maybe you're a little bothered about things. Maybe um, the complexity of life might be trying to get the best of you. But sometimes you just need to step back and say, wait, am I loving God and am I loving people? And then just, just measure everything against that. Amen? And so we're going to dive right into the, our, one of our next core values here. It's called Pursue Excellence. It's something that, is, that we strive to do here. And let me open up in prayer. Turn in your Bibles to Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 5. And we'll start in verse um, 14 up on the screens. But I might actually read a little bit before that and try to give you a little context here. Um, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I just thank you for everybody in here that, that your word is living and active, God. It is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I thank you, Lord, not me, not what I say, but your word will penetrate to the division of soul and spirit, soul and spirit joints and marrow. And, it, and it's, a, it's a judge of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So I pray that you do a heart work on all of us today, not just um, intellectual assent, but heart transformation. That's what your word does. So our prayer, we are all in agreement that you do some heart work on us today through your word. Everybody in agreement said, Amen. 
Amen. Okay, here we go. Daniel. Book of Daniel. I love Daniel. Um, I'm going to read the scripture here in a moment. Just give you a little context. Daniel was a Hebrew, and um, he interpreted a couple dreams in the Babylonian Empire and got elevated to a place of influence. I'm here to tell you right now that you are called to be a person of influence in the marketplace, wherever you are. You are you're a Daniel. You got a Daniel anointing. Look at your neighbor and tell him you have a Daniel anointing. Right? Just like my wife shared about Joseph. He was uh, the Egyptian, the world power of the day. Joseph was second in command. Daniel was a ruler in a pagan environment, and he did not compromise his faith, but he was a person of influence out there. He didn't run from the world. He actually stepped up in there, stood for God in the midst of it, did not compromise, and still got elevated. So that tells us we do not have to compromise our walk with God to be a person of influence in the world. Actually, if you don't compromise, God will make you a person of influence in the world. It's not going to be easy. You might get thrown into a den of lions. Somebody say amen. You, you might get thrown into a fiery furnace, but you're going to come out and you're not even going to smell like you, like you are not even going to smell like smoke. But that is how God operates. He wants you to be a person of influence. He desires that for you to be a person of influence in your world. That's Daniel right here. Daniel was a, an amazing man of God. He would not compromise what he believed, not even give him nothing. They even said, they, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his homeboys, said, look, you're going to throw us in the fire? Even if God doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to worship your God. God did deliver them. Somebody say conviction. Somebody say no compromise. All right, so here we go. In Daniel chapter 5, um, he had already um, been a person of influence, um, under the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, which was um, Belshazzar's dad. Belshazzar is now reigning in Babylon. He couldn't figure something out. This is writing on the wall. Actually, what Belshazzar did is he took all the, 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 the holy um, utensils, cups from the temple and started to get drunk, put wine in them, and they all party and getting drunk. And... Um, they did a profane thing with the articles of the house of God. And he couldn't figure out this thing that was written on the wall. And so he called some other people. They couldn't do it. And then it, the queen rose up and said, yo, this guy Daniel knows what he's doing. He's going to be able to tell you what it says. All right. And so that's where we are in the story. Daniel, I'm going to actually start in verse 12. In as much as an excellent spirit. Everybody say excellence. In as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas, enigmas were found in this Daniel. This is verse 12. It won't be on the screen, but you should have it there in your Bible. Whom the king named um, Belteshazzar, now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. They were talking about Daniel. Verse 13. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. It's amazing what excellence will bring you into. When you have an excellent spirit, what it will do for you. When you operate at a certain level that isn't just um, common or status quo, the way the man lived was on a certain level. He had an excellent spirit. He was different. He was distinguished. He looked, he's, he, he's, no, he's a human being just like everybody else, but the way the man did it, God, he got, word got out, this man is on point, okay? And so um, then Daniel, who was brought in before the king, brought him before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, here it is. 
Are you that Daniel who's one of the captives from Judah? Look at he was he was a captive. So his past didn't limit or stop him from being a man of excellence. And sometimes we'll use our past as an excuse for shabbiness in our present. Oh, I'm preaching good. And I didn't get no amens. I'm not going to make eye contact with anybody. The Lord said, don't look at their faces. So I'm going to look at Jess's in the back because she's hiding behind the computer anyway. Who is one of the captives from Judah? Captives. Aren't you a, didn't you come out of captivity? You up in here running things like that? Didn't you grow up all messed up? Where did you, were you abused? Didn't you grow up kind of, weren't you come up in an environment that was limited and poverty stricken and broke down and in captivity? Didn't you, aren't you that person that, wait a minute, that, Daniel? Come on, I'm here to encourage you that regardless of your past or wherever you came from, God still wants to use you to be a, a distinguished Come on, women of God, to be a princess in the kingdom. If you want to get some real talk, I'll tell you where I'm from. But for now, just look at what God has done. Come on, somebody. To walk with dignity and, 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 and uprightness of heart and confidence. There's nothing wrong, women of God, for be, to be confident, confide, with faith. That's all. I'm not arrogant. I just, it's confide. Come on now. All right. With faith. I'm just coming with a little something. Come on, single ladies. You need, when, that, when, that, when that dude tries to holler at you, you need to come with some stuff. And the number one thing you need to come with is faith. Yeah. All right. That's what my wife came with some faith. Sure did. All right. Faith for me to be a better man. <laughs> All right. So uh, who was one of the captives from Judah? Who my father the king brought from Judah? All right. Verse 14. I, here it is. Verse 14. I have heard of you. I have heard of you. This is my first point. Is excellence will set you apart. I've heard about you. Now these guys, these kings, they understood excellence. And, and this is, excellence will set you apart around those that know excellence, even know excellence. There's something about excellence that we as a community, we strive to do things the best we possibly can. And you don't need a lot of money to be excellent. David, Daniel came out of captivity. He had no money to start with, but the brother had excellence, did things right at a certain level paid attention to the details he was on point and you have that you know he had an excellent spirit I used to, I heard a lot growing up in in my Christian walk with God the when I was younger that that excellence is is a characteristic of it is a spirit the spirit is spiritual excellence is a spiritual thing it is a spirit of excellence okay I have heard of you I have heard of you. We ought to have that testimony. Man, I heard that, you know, you're doing like this thing is going, you do this well. I heard, you know, we ought to have a good report going on about how we do things out there more than 
anywhere else but out there. That, that people are like, man, you know what? I think that person's a little crazy because they're like a Jesus freak or whatever. But man, when it comes to what they do, they're not playing and they do it at a high level. Come on now. Somebody say pursue excellence. I've heard of you that the spirit of God is in you. I've heard that the spirit of God. These people didn't understand this stuff. They weren't, they weren't um, Hebrews. They were not Jewish. They were not part of, of, of God's kingdom and the people. that they. But they heard that the Spirit of God was in him. And that light and understanding, here it is, and excellent wisdom are found in you. All right? Here's, the word, here's what the word excellence means in the Hebrew. It's a Hebrew word, yatir. If you want to spell it, you can write it down. Uh, Y-A-T-T-I-R, it means preeminent. Look at your neighbor and say, greetings, preeminent one. Come on, say it. You're like, no, that's weird. I don't talk like that. Preeminent. It means, this is what it means. This is what excellence means. It means surpassing. Surpasses the norm. It, it exceeds the norm. All right? It really comes from a word to... To remain over. Or excellence is a word. It speaks of consistency. And Daniel represented this. Daniel in the Bible represented this. Because he was a man of influence in Babylon under two kings. I think we talked about this in Growth Track. And then when the Medes took over, he, he, they, they wanted him from the jump. They're like, Daniel, you want to be on my team, bro? He was consistently excellent. I heard somebody say this, that greatness isn't succeeding once. Greatness, it's easy, let me say it this way, it's easier to become a success than to remain one. It's easier to get married than to have a successful marriage. Somebody say amen. amen. It's easier to find friends. It's harder to keep them for a lifetime. And some of these things we don't have control over. I'm talking about excellence. I'm talking about that's what excellence means. It means to remain over and over and over and over to remain, to keep your spirit pure and clean and to do things well consistently. And there, here's the symbol. I believe we ought to do things well. Right? I, I believe we ought to do things well. If we're going to do it, let's do it well. If we're going to do connect groups, let's do them well. If we're going to reach people, let's reach them all. If we're going to worship and have and, and gather, let's do it well. All right? If we're going to serve, let's serve well. All right? Everybody say this with me. Say, excellence will set you apart. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm set apart. Tell them this. Tell them, I am different. I am unique. I am distinguished. I have a spirit of excellence all right doesn't that feel good saying it come on somebody come on give God praise for that okay here we go let's look at um so he goes on he interprets it and it was actually to the ruin of that king and then that king it's not funny but it's just interesting that he's like man I need you to interpret this and Daniel interprets it and he's like man your days are over next thing you know he was slain the Medes took over I'm like talk about accuracy Okay, he was on point. And, um, and this is what he said. He told Daniel, he says, look, man, if you interpret this, I'm going to give you a purple robe, which is, represents royalty. He says, I'm going to give you a gold chain. 
And Daniel's like, look, I don't want the gold chain or the purple rope. But I'll do it. Here he goes. Boom. He interprets it. But then he ended up rocking the gold chain and the purple rope. He's like, okay, I'll take it. This looks pretty good. I'll be right now. So, so he did take it. So, so there was a reward, a blessing. There's excellence. Is, it promotes. Excellence brings a blessing. When you do things with excellence, it is attractive. Daniel wasn't doing it for that, but it, uh, that his excellence, his ability to find that unique thing in him and do it well, interpretative dreams, the ability to read this thing that nobody else could figure out, called all these other astrologers and people. Nobody could do it, but Daniel could. Somebody say distinguished, set apart, set apart, attracted the blessing. Attracted the blessing. He didn't make excuses for coming up in captivity. He stepped into a world. Look at the ethnic challenge here. He was surrounded by Babylonians. He was one of few that he had no connection to them on an ethnic level. And again, the Medes, the Persians, had no connection to them. But here he was influential in an environment outside of his immediate culture. Religious culture, upbringing, the, 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 the life of captivity that his parents came. Like, think about there was nothing in those environments that said, oh, that's why he succeeded. It was something in him that determined the success he walked in. I said it was something in him that determined the success he walked in. And so many times we're, we're blaming the environment and God's like, no, there's greatness inside of you. Come on, tap into that. Come on now. Tap into the greatness inside of you. What's in you is going to change what's around you. So quit blaming what's around you for limiting you walking in what you're called to walk in. All right. Praise the Lord. I love the word. Somebody love the word out there? Okay, here he is. So, so, so Darius takes over. All right, I'm going to start in verse 1 of chapter 6, and we're going, to, we're going to have verse 3 on the screens. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, which is like a certain tier of leadership in that world. That's the language they used, officers or whatever you want to call them, to be over the whole kingdom. Verse 2, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might have account um, to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Verse 3, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit, everybody say excellent, everybody say excellent spirit, because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Here's my second point. Excellence will elevate you. Excellence will set you apart. And excellence will elevate you. And excellence, by way of the Spirit of God, is inside of you. It's not something coming at you or you can maybe recognize it. But I'm here to tell you that you have an excellent spirit. Why? Because God is, the Holy Spirit is an excellent spirit. Jesus himself did things well when he walked the earth. He did things well. He brought order to environments. Think about this in regards to excellence. When Jesus rose again from the dead, I mean, if I rose again from the dead, right, I would be like, what? And I'd make a, I'd want to tell everybody. And I, I would have, 
I, I mean, I would have probably, I don't know, I just would have ran out of there like, what's up, right? But think about this. Jesus rose again from the dead. He's in the tomb. The first thing he does is take the cloth and he folds it. And he sets it there on the tomb. Okay, I'm ready to go now. You know what I'm saying? He was like, look, I'm out of here. Yeah. But look at the Bible. The first thing he did is when they walked in, the thing was folded. Like, why are you folding napkins when your disciples think you're gone? Think about the excellence of our Savior. He's like, look, I don't want nobody coming up here knowing I was here. And there's a mess. I want to make sure my bed is made. Come on, somebody. Isn't that interesting? When the queen of Sheba stepped into Solomon's temple, the, this is a queen. And she was like, <gasps> her breath left her because of the excellence of the house of God. She was like, man, there's something on this place. Somebody say excellence. All right, excellence will set you apart. I'm almost done, guys. Excellence will elevate you. Setting him over. Here's, this. Here's what the word distinguish means. It means to excel. Here's distinguish. It means reliable. Excellent people are reliable. Um, distinguish means preferred, meaning when you have the spirit of excellence, you will be preferred above others because of excellence, because it is not common. It is not status quo. The excellence in you desires to challenge the norm, desires to challenge the status quo. All right. If you're in an environment at work and it's a bunch of gossip, be the distinguished one. Somebody say amen. If you are and you're in an environment of laziness and people are getting away with it and you're like, how do you still have a job? Be. I've never said that. Just I was for somebody else out there. It's a word of knowledge for somebody else. But be the distinguished one. If everybody shows up late, be the one on time. Somebody, I know, I got zero, one clap over here. If, 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 if people are just trying to get away with doing less, be the one that asks for more. Here, here's the excellence right here. Find the thing your boss hates to do and say, I, I'll do that. I'm anointed for that. Find the, find the thing in your work that nobody wants to do and do it. I thought you wanted to raise. Does anybody want to raise? Promotion. Somebody say excellence. So distinguished, excel, reliable, preferred to shine. This is what it means. It means to shine from afar. It also comes from a word that means to stand out or it actually is music director. That's what the same word, same group of words as music. Why? Because a music direct, everybody else is playing music, but you got one person directing. So from a distance, excellence is the one person doing something uniquely different than everybody else on stage. So what is that one thing that would set you apart? What is that one thing? Pursue excellence. What is that one thing that you do, can do uniquely better? Be the music director. Be the difference maker. All right? If, if you're in an environment working, everybody is sad. Oh, smile. Good morning. Good to see y'all. If, if, if everybody's um, kind of fighting for their own turf, 
And, and, and it's like, you're all working together, but people got, you know, they got, you got turf wars at work. And people are like, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm. Then, then you step into that environment and say, hey, man, how can I help you with what you're doing? All right, you guys didn't want this practical knowledge and wisdom, did you? you didn't. You're like, Pastor Sean, let's go. Let's, let's dismiss. Let's. All right, somebody say excellence. excellence. will elevate you. That's what it says. He was so distinguished himself that it set him over. His boss was like, man, you're different. I'm going to put you over some things. And some people are like, man, I just, you know, the people shy away from responsibility. Excellence would never shy away from an opportunity that you know there's weight to it and responsibility. But you're like, no, excellence to say, yes, I'll take that. I'll try that. Come on now. Excellence, distinguished. You are distinguished. Look at your neighbor and tell him you are distinguished. Right? Distinguished. All right. Here we go. Excellence. Here we go. We're going to go on to equipping now. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. This is our last portion of Scripture. This is our last portion of Scripture. Excellence. Spirit of excellence. I'll give you an example. My wife, when it comes to excellence, you're turning there to Ephesians chapter 4, but I'll give you one more example of excellence here. Practical example my wife and I um, spotted was I'll give you an example just to kind of celebrate my wife a little bit. Um, that um, my wife uh, worked at the uh, container store for a minute. Now that she's two months out from having a baby, she's transitioned out of there so she can focus on trying to get some sleep. Uh, um, but she distinguished herself there. Um, she, they loved her. I mean, people just love my wife. When they get to know her, they're like, man... So even at that work, there was nobody like from church or there. It's just she just there just doing what she's done for a couple years now. And they were like their, her workplace. They took it upon themselves to throw a baby shower for her and just blessed our socks off, you know, and just and that's a compliment to the way my wife carries herself, the way she works. And so um, excellence. And it was one of the, the, the managers that initiated the process. And so my wife was like, man, I want to just bless them. So we just, as a gesture, my wife's like, hey, I want to get them like a whole bunch of donuts and bring them, just surprise them. And my wife personally wrote them each a thank you card. And we brought a couple dozen donuts um, there. And so, but we had to find a donut shop. So we were driving through and we, we found one on Yelp and it had four and a half stars. Anybody use Yelp as a, it's, a, it's an excellence meter, folks. You know what I'm saying? But uh, because, yeah, so we went, but, but the customer service in that place was amazing. I'm like, I'm not, come, I'm not like a big donuts person. I mean, I like donuts. Anybody like donuts? Raise your hand. Don't, don't be shy. It's okay. Anybody like vegan donuts? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all lying. No, you don't. Um, no, but the way um, that person made eye contact with us, the way they served us, the way they acknowledged us, the, even one of the ladies there was like, mm, you're having a boy? And we're like, how do you know that? But she could tell the way my wife's carrying the baby. I, didn't, I was like, whoa. I'm like, you got any other words? <laughs> I'll take a word. <laughs> but the way they engaged, very pleasant, helpful. And just, um, it was just, man, I, I'll go back there. Uh, because of the excellence. And not so much um, the natural environment, although it, it was nice, it was tidy, it was clean, but it was the person, the way, I'm like, this lady knows what she's doing, and she's doing it well. 
And just for that, I'm going to come back and get me an apple fritter. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say excellence. Okay, here we go. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to talk about equipping here, equip leaders. There's something core to us as a church. Equipping leaders, empowering people to lead. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles. Talking about spiritual offices, spiritual gifts in the church, leadership gifts in the local church. First, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping. Somebody say equipping. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want you to say this with me. Say, we are being equipped for the work of the ministry so the body of Christ can grow. Let's say it again. Say, say I'm being equipped for the work of ministry so the kingdom of God can be advanced. So here it is. Um, here's my third point. God is preparing you for purpose, and I'm going to explain this. Equipping. It says, very dear to us to equip leaders for ministry. That's where connect groups come in. We equip people. We, 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 have, um, we have one new connect group leader this semester, right? One, one new, yeah, and she's doing an amazing job. Um, and we have somebody else that, want, that wants to lead one in the fall that just came through growth track and just has way better ideas and initiatives in mind for that group. We just wanted to start one at Mendez, but now we have um, somebody that actually works there that wants to lead it this fall and wants to really engage young people and high schoolers in our community, even during the week at night. And I'm like, yes, Lord. Yeah, come on, let's give it up for what God's going to do through us. So equipping um, this is what it means. I'm teaching. Are you guys okay with a little teaching this morning? So equipping means this. It means this is, what, this is what pastors do. This is my heart. This is why I get up here every Sunday morning. This is why I lead this local church, to equip you. I said it a little differently earlier, that you, my purpose is so that you discover yours. And this is what equip means. It means to prepare. This is the Greek, the Greek definition, to prepare. So when we talk about equipping, we're talking about you preparing for something. Um, to bring to a condition of fitness. Okay, this is what equipping does. This is what the local church leadership is for. This is the definition, to adjust you. Um, look at your neighbor and tell him, I need an adjustment. Okay, to adjust you. This is what it means in the Greek, to adjust you and position you so you're in proper working order. All right, that's what it means. All right, somebody, somebody, go, somebody just move your shoulder and say, I need an adjustment. I need an adjustment, right? All right, anybody ever need an adjustment from a chiropractor? Clack, 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 clack. Oh, I feel so much better. That's what, I'm, that's what, that's what, the, that's what spiritual leaders, spiritual offices are for, so you can be prepared. It means to uh, bring to a condition of fitness. To equip, to prepare. So you, God is preparing you for purpose. This is what the word work means. All right? Somebody say work. work. Say this when we say do work. work. Somebody say get to work. work. All right? So work, this is the Greek. I'm going to give you the definition. I'm going to break it down. Work means an action. Here it is, an action. Work is doing something. Uh, ladies, if you got somebody trying to talk to you, make sure they have a job. <clears throat> yes, Lord. 
He said, make sure they have a job. Somebody say amen. Man, single man, make sure she has a job. <laughs> Not so much, but maybe, yeah. But just hear me out. Because Adam had a job before he had Eve. He was naming animals and stuff. He had a job. He had his God, but he had a job. So if he ain't got a job, just say, I'll see you at church. <laughs> but you can sit over there while I worship God over here. Yeah, but you're so cute. Yeah, I know. And they might say, yes, I know. Just tell them, yes, I know that. And it's, there's value to my cuteness. And my cuteness requires work on your part. Some, come on, ladies. Uh, this is for y'all. Some ladies ain't saying it. You're just over here laughing, acting cute. No, somebody say amen. All right? But you want to, uh, you ladies too, make sure you're living in your purpose. Here we go. Why am I always talking to the single folks? I guess it's just the Lord. But make sure that you are living in your purpose, that you are doing what you're called to do because that man will never be your everything. So don't act like when you got to meet him to feel happy. Be happy with you, God, and what you're called to do. Be about something, women of God. And engage in what you're called. Do what you do. Get your education. Do your thing. Do what you're called to do. And, and, and that just puts a little more pressure on him to make sure he's about something too. Yes, Lord. I've been saying amen to myself a lot. <laughs> Leaving me out. See, you guys leave me up here. I'm going to stay up here longer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your lunch time from you. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. You guys got quiet. All right. Where was I? Work. Somebody say work. Work. Make sure he has a job. Jobby job. She got a jobby job. All right. J-O-B. You can't. No J-O-B. You can't have me. How about that? T-shirt. Hashtag. No J-O-B. You can't have me. That's right. Walking with God, loving God, about something, got a job, be job, then we can talk. Okay, work, that's what it means. It means an action that carries out an inner desire or purpose. Here's the point here. Here's the point. God equips you for purpose, okay? So I think at times, um, in, in prior generations, even my dad's generation, his work was just work. It didn't matter if it was tied to purpose. Didn't talk about purpose a lot. It's just, we're just going to work. Like my dad had a job his whole life. He worked hard. That's awesome. That's part, that's part of life. But, but I feel in prior generations, or at least from my experience of kind of coming up underneath prior generations, they did not talk a lot about purpose or a lot about that, that dream, that desire a lot. At least I wasn't around people in that age demographic back then from the growing up in the 50s and 60s that there wasn't. Um, but but, but the, 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 the theology around work here, the Bible, the doctrine around it existed. By definition, God never intended for work to be separate from purpose. By definition, the word work means, I'm going to repeat it again, an action that carries out an inner desire or purpose. So from God's perspective, work is never just work. It requires work, but it is tied to something in you that you innately desire to do. 
So here we go. Work, by definition, is the working out of inner purpose. If work is just work, work void of purpose is bondage. Work void of purpose is slavery. Now, there's times that you're not going to feel like goosebumps and stuff when you're working, and you could be in your purpose. I understand that. But at the core of work in the Bible, in God's perspective for you, is that you are accessing and awakening purpose in you, and that inner purpose is being worked out outwardly. All right? So work void of purpose is bondage. Purpose void of work is a fantasy. Yes, Lord. We don't want a fantasy. We don't want bondage. We want to work out inner purpose. And this is a good indication is what makes you cry? What angers you? What do you look out in the world and say, man, that is missing? And you are called to fill it. What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that angers you? What is it that makes you happy? Those are indicators of what you are called to do. All right? And there are seasons and times where you might not be there, but you have to keep that thing alive inside of you. All right? So God is preparing you for purpose, or God is equipping you to work out your purpose. Here we go. I'm almost done. Verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. I'm going to say this again. Edifying. This is the definition of the word edifying. It means spiritual advancement. So here we go. God desires to equip you and prepare you to work out your purpose so we can make spiritual advancement. I'm going to say it again. God is preparing you for purpose. He's preparing you to work out your purpose so we can make spiritual advancement. God is preparing you, equipping you, Moses, for purpose so this local body can make advancement in, in the kingdom and in this community. God is equipping and positioning and adjusting you, Andrea, so we can advance the kingdom of God as a local church. And in your own life. So it means spiritual advance. It means helping people to stand so they're strong and sturdy. And this is what the word edify also means. It means constructive criticism and instruction that builds a person up so they can be suitable, a suitable dwelling place of God. The edifying means constructive criticism and instruction. That builds a person up to be the suitable dwelling place of God. Okay? So that's what edify means. To, ed to cause yourself to advance. Meaning we can't advance without being equipped in our purpose. We can't advance without you. We as, as, a, as a local church, you as you, somebody in your family... Your family will advance at the rate that you're allowing God to prepare you and you acting on what's inside of you, acting on that divine purpose inside of you. Nobody likes constructive criticism at the moment. At times it can challenge us. But that's how God operates. He's a father. He wants to challenge you. He wants to bring um, constructive feedback into your life so you can be equipped. And do better. Here we go. We're going to end with these verses. 
uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Somebody say grow up. May grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share. By every part does its share. What is your part? How do you share? Finding out what God put in you and working that out in your life. Working out your inner purpose, that which every part does its share, how causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. God advances his kingdom. Here, this is my last point. God advances his kingdom through equipped people. Through equipped people. God advances his kingdom through equipped people. God wants to challenge us. God wants to equip you for purpose. Um, I'm going to close with this um, story about my son, and then we'll pray. Uh, but God wants to challenge you. Equipping is a challenge at times. Anybody ever feel challenged by God? Yeah, you ever feel like God's like, man, he's really got, he's got my number today. Anybody like, he's really, anybody, can anybody relate to me out there? It's a beautiful thing. He's got his hand on your life. But sometimes uh, we challenge our kids a little bit. And we, we challenge them. And it hit Nico's, my son's response was kind of funny. He's four. And so we pray with our kids um, pretty much every night. I mean, we'll go in there and pray over them. Like We're going to pray. And even recently, I carried the kids up after Connect Group. We were here late. So Connect Group Thursday night, they were asleep in the car. So I had to carry them up the stairs, like, because my wife obviously isn't going to help me, you know. So, um, <laughs> but carried them up there. And I brought G up there. She kind of woke up as I brought her up there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go get Nico. And she's like, wait, you need to pray for me. And I'm like, I'll be right back. Um, but the other night, we prayed. And I said, hey, Mama's going to pray tonight. Mama's going to pray. And, and Crystal Gale started praying. She was praying a little longer than we normally pray. Like she's just getting inspired right there. Late at night, right? She was praying. And then, and then I prayed after her because I was like, oh, I'm going to pray over them too. So we just pray over our kids. And then we're, but we're like, I love you, Gia. I love you, Nico. Good night. And Nico's laying there on his bed. He's like, I'm mad. And we're like, why are you mad, Nico? He's like, you guys prayed too long. <laughs> he said it so matter of fact. I walked out of there laughing. I was like, oh, my goodness. But, but, but God wants to challenge us. Come on, somebody. It challenged him a little. He was so used to the normal thing, and mama here just was going, right? And, and then I was like, man, I was like, I was feeling that. I was like, let me pray too. So I prayed, and then Nico's like, I'm mad. Anybody ever been like that? Lord, I'm mad. Can, can anybody relate to Nico? Lord, I'm mad. Why? Because this is taking too long. <laughs> somebody say, I'm being equipped. For a purpose. Say, I have an excellent spirit. And I'm being prepared 
for a purpose. I'm going to work out what God put in me. Say it again. Say, I'm going to work out what God put in me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet here. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.